And now it's time, Joy. That all the poor. I don't know. 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 <laughs> that sounded like like <laughs> funk singer. Like, ow! <laughs> are we going? I feel good. No, are we going no, no, no. funk today? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening. That was such a funny noise. <laughs> I don't know how to feel right now. I feel very confused. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Parks and Rewatch. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Joy. And today we are diving into Season 2, Episode 19, Park Safety. I feel like you should just yell everything like as if you're Carl. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. See, my initial reaction is that would get old quick and people would get tired of it. But that's what I thought when we were just yelling stuff in the gardening episode. <laughs> we haven't and, done that in so long. And people loved that. So who knows? What What do I know anymore? What do I know? <laughs> Should I at least do that with the episode of the day plot synopsis? Yeah, that seems about right. All right. All right. All right we'll give Carl. it a shot. After Jerry is mugged in a park, <laughs> Leslie meets with the head ranger, Andy Samberg, in hopes of improving safety. Everyone tries to be nicer to Jerry when he returns to the office. Uh, what happened to Carl that he does that? Does he just I like have no hearing? Know. Like his hearing seems fine. But yeah. I, don't know. I think it's just I do know a few people who whose inside voices are at the same level as everyone else's outside or elevated voices. And that's just how they are. So he just. I mean, might I know be, dogs like that. <laughs> yeah, my he cousin's might dog be Benny's like that. Extreme case of that. That's so totally valid. That's totally valid. All right, Joe. <laughs> All right. Episode well, gonna, behind the scenes. Trivia, 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 trivia. I'm not gonna yell this part. <laughs> I mean, we gotta save your voice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for what I don't know, but the pageant. Yeah. For the <laughs> for the sake of not yelling an entire episode at at Carl levels. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty Herculean effort right there. Uh, yeah. But Andy Samberg does have a cameo in this episode as Carl, the park ranger. Andy and Amy Poehler have worked together on SNL. So he kind of comes from that strata of comedians that came out of SNL and, and have done shows and things. And Andy has also starred in the movie Hot Rod, which Joe, me, loves very much. Thank you for noting that you are indeed I Joe indeed and Joe. that you love the movie very much. Yeah, good. Third person, first person. It's weird sometimes. <laughs> I'm not, not going to overthink it. Uh, <laughs> and he currently plays a detective in the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There you go. And then I have another detail in here. This was not something that I came across on my research for this episode. This was actually just a detail that I noticed. And I had never noticed it before in all my viewings of the show. And I just think that it's such an incredible detail for the writers to include. So a few episodes ago, season two, episode 15, Sweetums, the episode ends with the people voting for Sweetums to run the concession stands in the parks. 
I never gave it much thought after that. But in this episode, we see a couple of quick, almost throwaway shots of an official Sweetums Park concession stand. It's true. Yeah, that is... uh, it's stocked exactly how we would expect a yes. Sweetums concession stand to be. It's like Leslie's Absolutely. worst nightmare uh, from that episode. And it's just so quick and in the background that I have missed it till now. And like I said, I've watched through this show probably seven, eight times. And that's just a little throwaway detail that has eluded me until now. And that just blows my mind. You know, the, the thing is, to me, the Parks and Rec team didn't have to do that. They never right. had to show the outcome of that vote on the screen. And and the, it wouldn't have felt less any authentic for not including right. that. I would have just believed it and, and said, oh, yeah, Sweetums is running the concession stands now. But they did. And it's so woven into the background very naturally is a huge testament to Parks and Rec's eye for detail and storytelling. Yeah, the one thing I noticed that was both amazing and terrifying <laughs> was that the nacho cheese dispenser was self-serve. So the nozzle for uh-huh. it was pointing toward the customer, not toward the staff member. Josh from our Facebook group pointed out that the position of um, the Safe Parks Now poster changes during the episode. So I looked into it deeper and I noticed um, there's two main positions that it's in. So mm-hmm. there's one where you can see the Adopt-A-Park sign and there's one where you can't and you just see the documents only shredder sign underneath it. Um, and the sign pr- primarily is in that second position where you can see the shredder sign. Mm-hmm. So good eye, Josh. Good eye. Yeah. Good catch, Josh. All right. So unnecess- unnecessarily necessary deep dives. Oh, I did that wrong. (laughs) It's a tongue twister either way. Necessarily unnecessary deep dives and unnecessarily necessary deep dives. It works both ways. Um, Okay, so they open it off with a hummingbird lottery. So Leslie just throws out there, hummingbirds are scientifically the world's cutest animals. And I was like, hmm, how about that? (laughs) So did you know there is an entire science of cuteness? Yeah, I didn't know that, and and I just I glanced at like your beginning for this section, and I got excited because I was like, oh man, I'm gonna learn a lot today. Yeah, my random fact ability is going up exponentially, and the <laughs> amount of random facts I'm able to use in normal conversations now that I've learned from this podcast is just like making me feel so smart, and I love it. You're going like random fact super saiyan. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> just out of the blue, I'm like, hey, did you know it costs like sixteen hundred to seventeen hundred dollars to rent a possum for a shoot without travel and pre-training? Oh, that's fun. And people look at me like, who the heck are you? Like, don't worry about it. It's, it's fine. true. This this podcast gives you great just conversation starters for like weddings gatherings parties you know (laughs) all the awkward small talk moments that i hate yeah yeah (laughs) we we are equipping you for life oh i don't do small talk well until now i guess okay so the science of cuteness is called kinderschema which is german for child pattern it was introduced by conrad lorenz in 1949 So an article that I found from the University of Melbourne in Australia said that there is a cuteness criteria, which I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can handle this. Um, Large head relative to body size, large protruding forehead. 
As weird as it seems, this is actually a feature that we find cute. Feels really Mm. weird to me. Large eyes relative to the face, round protruding cheeks, rounded head and body. So the easiest one for me to believe is round protruding cheeks because you mm-hmm. look at small children. Sure. And I was a kid that had the round protruding cheeks oh, yeah. and the amount oh, yeah. of pinching my cheeks yeah. managed to survive is impressive. Yeah, I, I did as well. I'll I'll have I'll have to see if I can find a, a particular picture to show you. Maybe we should post yeah. our baby pictures. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. All right. That sounds fun. Um So the University of Melbourne article also went on to say, and I'm quoting this direct, essentially we're hardwired to find anything that indicates youth vulnerability or harmlessness to be cute. It makes sense for humans to have this hardwiring. Our babies are absolutely hopeless. They can't even hold their heads up without our help. (laughs) It just so happens that this programming is so set into our brain that we're willing to expand it to anything that fits our cuteness criteria. Hence why other baby animals are also adorable. Okay. This is like so deep. Like somebody has given this a lot of thought. Yeah. So this website called powerofpositivity.com said that Kindershama is a set of physical characteristics that humans are naturally drawn towards, but puppies, kittens, and other adorables aren't the only things that trigger Kindershama. So then it talks about um, the the cuteness qualities we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, later in the article, the header that just kind of made me laugh was science explains what makes people think something is cute. What goes on in the brain? Um, so they were talking about how when you look at something cute and cuddly, two emotional cues fire within your brain. So neuroscientists call them emotional hijacks because they have a way of like just messing with our attention. Mm-hmm. So the orbital frontal cortex becomes super active Um And when it comes to cuteness, the decision-making properties in the OFC, which makes me feel like I'm on Finding Nemo, and they're like, (laughs) (laughs) what was it, the AEC, or EAC? It's a nice day in the EAC, but it's OFC. It's fine. Um, So the hijack on the OFC makes our decision-making, like, it just makes us want to protect and hold that small, cute thing. Okay. Um, And then... The second thing it does is our brain gets a release of dopamine, which is fascinating. So it's the same thing. It's the feel-good chemical of, like, um, when you fall in love or you take certain drugs or you feel very attached. Um, so the it says, relatedly, excess dopamine is what prompts the urge to view that cute video over and over again. Because dopamine, <laughs> as it turns out, plays a key role in addiction. So there you go. Wow. See, that just makes me think of a scene in Psych when Gus needs to break some tough personal news to Sean. And so he takes him to a pet store to hold bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> now that now I get that, like, there's science behind that. That's so there is oddly enough. Yeah. Wow. Kinder Shema. So once I got the principle kind of shaped in my head, I was like, OK, so what actually are the cutest animal lists? So according to CNN Travel, they had a 20, top 20 um, cutest animal list. And the hummingbird came in at number six. But specifically the bee hummingbird, which is from Cuba. And it's um, the smallest hummingbird in the world, or bird in the world, weighs less than a penny. That so is like, hummingbird cute. made it to top 10, which is great. Um, there were a couple in here that I was like... I didn't know this existed. So number 20 is a sloth. Okay, yeah, everyone can agree. Sloths are cute. Yeah. 
19 is pygmy hippopotamus. 18 is a slow loris. And apparently its elbows are venomous. <laughs> so it has this patch on its elbow that, like, when it licks it and whatever's on the patch mixes with it, its saliva, it becomes venomous. Wow. Right? Who knew elbows could be so horrible? <laughs> that is wow. so... Wow. Right. I mean, it's like, okay... Imagine that in a human scenario, like we're in a fight. That's that's why we can't lick our elbows. Right. But but it's like we're in a fight and it's like, hey, man, hold on. Back <laughs> off. <laughs> Let me just develop you some toxins with my spit. <laughs> my mouth is poisonous now. Let's do this. <laughs> Power up. <laughs> but you got to lick. You got to lick your elbow to activate the poison. Only have the superpower if you can lick your elbow. <laughs> So wow. number 17 was a chameleon. Yeah. I have never thought of chameleons as cute. Like yeah. they're fascinating, but they're not cute. Yeah. I know people that do. I, I think there's just kind of that whole, you know, that whole segment of people that think reptiles are cute, like lizards and snakes and stuff like that. And I've just I'm never, not one of them. Never been able to do that. It's fine. Um, I'm going to go through the next pretty fast. 16 was a meerkat. 15 was a koala. Of course, it's a koala. Yeah. 14 sure. is a penguin. 13 is a red panda. 12 that's, is a beluga uh, whale. That's 13 is friend of show Andy's favorite animal in the world. Good. Good. Red panda. 11 is a clownfish. 10 is a chinchilla. 9 is a roe deer. 8 is a bottlenose dolphin. 7 is an alpaca. I would prefer that it's a llama, but alpacas are great too. <laughs> 6 is the bee hummingbird. 5 is the sea otter. 4 is the harp seal. 3 is the giant panda. 2 is the Philippine tarsier. Which I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up, and it looks like a furry, tiny golem or like Smeagol. The picture I found has these like its fingers are bony and creepy, and like I felt very scared. Oh, okay. I I've okay that that's funny. The Philippine tarsier is what was miscategorized as a lemur in the dramatic lemur video. So I have no clue what you're talking about, that's a but very random, good on you for making that connection. It was like one of those OG YouTube viral videos where basically all it did was like kind of turn towards the camera and then open its eyes really <laughs> wide as like the, I think it was like the, the THX like surround sound noise play. Yep. And the video title was dramatic lemur. Well, it's not a lemur. It was a Philippine tarsier. There you go. And number one, which I'm also not surprised on this list, is a fennec fox. Okay, yeah. Which is like the little tiny fox with the really big ears that are basically mm -hmm. as big as its head. Okay, so then this was a super random article that came up that I just had to give some highlights from. So the Washington <laughs> Post had an article called 10, Top 10 Cutest Animals in Science of 2014. And I was like, what does this mean? So it's basically... Scientists learned cool things that animals do. So coming in at number nine, dogs Gosh. have internal poop compasses. Gosh dang it. Apparently they align themselves with Earth's magnetic field. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I just read it. It's in the article. You I, can click on I, the show notes. Coming in at number seven was dancing frogs. So like this breed of frog, there's too much noise in their habitats. So they show their mating potential by stretching a leg out really long instead. <laughs> It's like, okay, that definitely is mating potential. I can stretch my leg out long. I don't think it's going to do anything, but glad you can. Cool. Uh, 
research takes me to. And then I just sit here and I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Is that how you got Crystal? You stretched your leg out? Right. Uh, I'm just imagining that being done with just like the most seductive face. Just like unbroken eye eye contact and just stretching the leg out. Uh, Oh my gosh. While winking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a moment. Um, Number one was koalas. It was found that they may cuddle up to trees to stay cool. No. So that's that's fine. Okay. So then I decided I'm going to do a bunch of research on hummingbirds. And all I did was read the entire Wikipedia article on hummingbirds. And my mind was blown. And I realized there's too much here. Mm. I can't capture all of this. Because I really wanted to do all the cute baby animal segment. And I know I can't do everything. So <laughs> do your own research on hummingbirds. They are fascinating. Let me tell you. All right, next unnecessarily necessary deep dive is um, your daily Yosef, Yosef Yiddish. Wow. <laughs> I is your daily Yosa Yiddish. Your daily dose of Yiddish. So Ron says, Jerry is both the shmiel and the schmazel of our office. So I looked that up. The shmiel is Yiddish for incompetent person or fool. It's similar to a schmuck, though the schmuck can prove themselves. A shmiel is just irredeemably what that person is. Interesting. The, the schlamazel is a chronically unlucky person. So then the phrase that the, is often used is the schmiel spills his soup on the, sh- on the schlamazel. In the middle of the episode, uh, Carl sticks his feet up on Leslie's desk and says something about these size sevens. And then Tom has a retort of like, oh, yeah, well, that's the nat- that's the average shoe size. Mm-hmm. And so I looked it up and it's not true. Um, the internet says the average for men is between a 9 and 12. And it's a, between a 7 and 8 for women. So are we back to Tom being confused? I don't know. Park security upgrades. Let's talk logistics here. So the mayor's office diverts $2,500 for security upgrades. That is really not a whole lot. No. And then at the end, they show Carl getting a new golf cart. And I'm like, Okay. How much is a golf cart? We got to check this. So there's a website called Go Rollick that says on average, most golf carts will cost between eight and nine grand. However, some golf carts can be priced as low as twenty five hundred to three thousand. Um, and some luxury carts can be priced at over twenty grand. Depends on if you're shopping for a new cart or a used cart. An average used price is five point seven grand. So it doesn't super seem plausible to me because the one that he gets gifted seems real nice. Yeah. So I'm going to go with nah on plausibility. Not so plausible. Lists. Okay, why Leslie loves hummingbirds. They're so small. They have tiny beaks. And they only eat sugar water. And the only thing that beats their cuteness is baby monkeys and diapers. Um, reasons Jerry is late slash where... And we're just going to move on. Slash where is Jerry. So these are all the things I picked out of the episode. Maybe he fell in the toilet. Um, sorry I'm late. I took a shower after I got dressed because I'm Jerry. And then I put my underwear on my head and said on my butt. Did you throw out your shoulder trying to swing a honey pot off your hand? <laughs> what does that even mean? Like you have like a honey Winnie, pot? Like Winnie the Pooh always used to get his hands oh, stuck in honey that pots. that way. Okay. Got it. I was thinking like it was in his hand and you're trying to swing it off. I'm like, that's not hard. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, 
he was mugged. He was on his way to, a, to the hummingbird feeders. He was walking Lord Sheldon. And then April's like, ew, is that code for some kind of weird sex act? And Jerry's like, Lord Sheldon's my dog. My wife named him. <laughs> then these kids came out of nowhere. They pinned my arm back, they grabbed my wallet, and they knocked me to the ground. Descriptors of Jerry, diabetic, sloppily out of shape, friend, mugged this morning. <laughs> what really happened? Got a breakfast burrito, was walking Lord Sheldon. Lord Sheldon lunged at a bird. Jerry dropped the burrito. The burrito lands on a log. Jerry reaches for the burrito. Jerry falls on his shoulder really weird. There we are. So... Question one, are you a breakfast burrito person? Eh. Eh, okay. I'm not really a breakfast person. Okay, that's fair. Um, are you a breakfast burrito person? I l- I'm kind of eh. I like them fine. I, rarely will I go out of my way to get one. I don't mm-hmm. eat breakfast, typically. Mm-hmm. I do like breakfast food. Um, but in the list of all the breakfast food, breakfast burritos probably land somewhere close to the middle um, yeah no so i guess my next question is kind of irrelevant then is if you dropped a burrito on a log in a creek would you then mount a rescue mission to continue to eat said burrito um i would have eaten the burrito already all right you want to kick us off with quotables let's do it so this quotable is from ann I don't know what you're talking about, but my gut says no. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Ah. <laughs> and then the next quotable is Carl and Leslie. Carl, take a look at this path. With budget cuts, we can't afford a single safety light. There's been 10 assaults already this year. Leslie, wow, really? Can't you station a park ranger out here? Carl. We have. Who do you think they're assaulting? <laughs> it's so funny and it's so sad. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or cry. I'm confused. <laughs> the next one is Joan. This is Pawnee today. Do you think, do you know that I bumped a cat that can stand up on its hinders for you? You disgust me, nope. Get out of my sight. That is just this perfect distillation of midwestern female tv show host rage did you know i bumped a cat that can stand up on its hinders hinders (laughs) hinders this is pawnee effing today you know oh joan (sighs) jerry they can laugh at me all they want because two more years until i retire with fur Mm. I'm pulling a Jerry today. <laughs> they can laugh at me all they want because two more years until I retire with full benefits and pension. And my wife and I, we've bought a little cottage on a lake and I'm going to sit. I'm going to get myself a stack of... I am struggling. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm getting jerried. <laughs> Your marbles are full of mouth. Oh, my marbles are full of mouth. <laughs> anyway, <Ugh. laughs> and my wife and I, we have bought a little cottage on a lake and I'm going to get myself a stack of mystery novels, a box of cigars, and I'm going to sit back and enjoy my life. I spy. You got the first one. This first I spy is an ad for Nutriums. I saw it. Um, the second one is a down into the left trout. I don't know if I spotted that one. I might have to go back and check. All right, all you I spy people. 
I'm starting to phrase everything like a crossword clue. (laughs) All right, it's time for our likes and dislikes, where we talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. Joe, what'd you like? I liked Ron saying, I want to teach everyone self-defense so you can defend yourselves. And then doing his little karate stance as he says It's adorable. It's adorable. (laughs) It really is. And I do love the scene of the department trying so hard not to laugh at Jerry while he's doing his presentation. They tried. They gave it a noble effort. effort. Yep. I love Andy Samberg's cameo as Carl the Park Ranger. Yep. It is very funny. And kind of adding on to that, I love Andy Samberg. I I love how Andy Samberg does a great job of basically yelling 100% of the time. (laughs) And yet he really makes it seem like that's his normal speaking voice. And I feel like to pull that off convincingly takes more talent than you would think. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. So I felt like he did a great, great job with that. My next like is the scene where they begin the golf cart tour with Carl describing the grass field. That's primarily grass. <laughs> then yelling, stick with us, Tom, as Tom sprints in his dress clothes. So funny. It's a great scene. <laughs> and then I liked Joan asking the question, so what is the solution to fix this, to make it right and not bad? <laughs> great question, Joan. <laughs> And then teeing off of that, I love that Joan is more Joan in this episode. She gets (laughs) volcano levels of angry over Leslie making the segment not dramatic and then immediately hits on Carl. Trainwreck Joan is best Joan. (laughs) Yep, basically. Just makes me think of the COVID episode. It's Joan on Joan for Joan. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's like her final form. Like she's yeah. fully evolved. And the only time Carl <laughs> talked quietly was his yes. one response yes. to Joan. That was such a great detail. Oh my goodness. And then I love Jerry's talking head flex at the very end. Yep. It's kind of this very nice balance to the fact that he does he is the brunt of every joke and things like that. Is that you know what? Out of everyone at the Parks Department, he is probably the happiest and most content and most self-aware, and he has a great life outside of the office, and he's going to be fine. Yep, his identity is definitely not based on his job. Yes, yes. So that's it for my likes. What did you like about this episode? Did you notice that when Leslie (laughs) walked in, there was already tape on the poster? I didn't. She knew. She knew before she walked in that room, this was going to be a dramatic entrance. Oh, man. So, like, if you if you do a really quick, like, play pause, play pause, play pause, you can see on the back the tape. Oh. And so she just walks in and detail. she just goes, boom, slaps it on the wall. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. she prepared for that. Right? Um, This is just me being a nerd, but the overhead light... um. When Leslie's giving her presentation is a rectangular studio light with diffusing gel on it. And you can actually see it in the shot. Interesting. Yeah, I just like that I saw it. That's all. Um, We learned of Jerry's love of Muncie in this episode. Yeah. So it begins. (laughs) I like how hard Andy had to concentrate to count six (laughs) dollars. When Ann walks up and he's like, hold on. Six. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, the second round of Pawnee today. So it was an interesting home video that got turned in. So it's a kid playing baseball. Okay. Okay. I have so many questions. So that means as an actor, Jim had to actually fall in. It would certainly seem like that. Which is commitment. Yeah. Doing so his own I like stunts. applaud him for that. Um, I don't know if you noticed the small detail, but when um, Carl started talking the first time, they pulled out to a cutaway shot of Carl on a TV monitor and the audio meters above him. And he was completely peeking out the audio meters. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, it was That's delightful. Another great detail. And then of all the things, Carl just starts talking about Avatar. <laughs> like, I love this conversation because it's horrible. Yeah. Where he's like, I think it lived up to the hype. And then Joan's like, Leslie, counterpoint. And yeah. she's like, I think it exceeded the hype. It's like, what? Oh and my gosh. I just I just think it's interesting in general that Avatar is a movie referenced multiple times over multiple seasons of Parks and Recreation. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it's mentioned again um, in the episode. I think it's called April and Andy's Fancy Party Ooh. when they are planning the dinner party that's, spoiler alert, secretly their wedding. No, you can't say that. <laughs> Just kidding. Everybody and, knows. And they are giving all the requests for everybody for what to bring. And... Uh, I think it's Ben's request is a 3D capable television, like 15 <laughs> pairs of 3D glasses and Avatar. Obviously. And then later when Ben is having his emotional meltdown and he's making claymation and things like that, he when he's having his breakdown to Chris, he specifically says that he told Leslie he compared his claymation film to Avatar. Obviously. Yeah, so Avatar gets mentioned multiple times, which is interesting to me because I feel like Parks and Rec doesn't reference movies that often. And so the fact that Avatar is a reference multiple times across multiple seasons is interesting to me. Good point. Look at you in your episodic memory. Episodic memory. Show. Show. <laughs> okay, the last thing I loved about this segment was how fast the graphics op was. At putting up a lower third that said, Avatar, does it exceed hype? Yeah. I love that. The one Jones of my, graphics guy is like the fastest hands in the West over here. Right. One of my favorite moments um, in one of my previous jobs, I was a graphics op. Um, we were doing a test for a very, very large um, satellite broadcast leadership conference. And so it's it's just like the satellite hosts tuning in so it's empty rooms just the techies and so you know they're doing interviews to make sure audio and video are in sync and everything's coming through and so one of my friends goes up and so he's getting interviewed and so I just start being super sassy with the lower thirds <laughs> no 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 no. it started with um the main host lady because her name is Shayna um so technically there's an a a line over the first A in her name. Ooh. And she's like, oh, but you probably can't do that. And I was like, oh, don't tell me what I can't do. So I quickly found how to put that in. 
So then next time I put up her lower third, it had an A with a line over it. And she was like, okay. And then I just decided I'm going to test how far can I go with this. (laughs) So my buddy Max goes up and they start talking and they ask the ever present techie question, Gerber or Leatherman? And I already knew his answer, so I had it pre-typed in. Oh, man. So then when um, when he said his answer, they put the lower third up right away, and it said, Max prefers Gerber to Leatherman. And then she was like, <laughs> what is this? And so then we started talking. They're like, Max is like, oh, yeah, Joy's doing graphics. She's my friend. And so the next one was Max, Joy's friend. <laughs> like, I just kept doing that for several satellite tests, and it was amazing. That's fantastic. That's one of the most joy stories I've ever heard. It made me so happy. Next like is I love April's growing like of Andy. Yes. Ah, I love Mark's moral compass. Very Mm. proud of him. And I'm kind of in awe. Like you said this, um, you phrased it as Jerry's talking head flex. It's just interesting to me that he's aware of it. Yeah. Like to this point, I didn't realize that he was aware Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for him to be like, they can laugh at me all they want in two years, I'm out of here. It's like, all right, Jerry. All yep. right. What did you not like, Joe? Oh, my first dislike reads this way. Here I am doing dislikes very first again. <laughs> this feels like a dear diary. Yep. Dear <laughs> it kind diary. of is. It here kind of I is. am doing here, dislikes here very again. first. Uh, I typically, I've explained this before, but I typically don't do dislikes first, but a few episodes I've just gone right there and I just, ah, I disliked that Leslie photoshops Jerry's black eye for her poster. Yep. Then when Tom calls her out for it, she pivots right into, oh, well it's because the department has a black eye. So Mm. Mm -hmm. reasons. And then she says it's their wake up call when all they've done is talk trash about him and then calls his face the face of failure in the same breath. Yeah. Oh, is this a mess? Yeah. And uh, then this one is hearkening back to the early days of Parks and Rewatch. But the entire (laughs) flock of pigeons in the park. I was wondering if you had started to like get over your pigeon fear, but I, I thought guess not. I had. But go Carl for scaring them away with his crazy <laughs> decibels. <laughs> My next dislike is I feel like Leslie's opening statement on Pawnee today is supposed to be funny, but it just felt super condescending. I mean, it's one of those that she prepped in her right. head. Over and over and over again, and she thought it was good. Yeah. But not everybody is Leslie. And then my next dislike is when Paul comes into Leslie's office, uh, and this is my eight wing again. It's been an active week mm. for my eight wing. Mm. Uh, but here we go. I feel like this interact interaction. <laughs> You're getting jerried. Oh, the words, I know. I feel like this interaction represents a lot of how I feel about government power and authority. Paul lectures her and says she should never badmouth her own government, but immediately follows that up with telling her that her stunt worked and the parks will get the money they need for security upgrades. This gives me the impression that it wouldn't have happened if Leslie hadn't done what she did. 
but Paul still gets to lecture her over how she did it, even though I feel like he never would have said yes if she'd gone about doing it the, quote, right way. Yeah. The truth is that systems do fail us at times, and those systems then need to be challenged. I do not subscribe to blind loyalty to establishments, and sometimes the only way to to do that is to be a voice of dissent. The only way to challenge the system is to be a voice of dissent and do things the quote wrong way yeah. because that's the only thing people pay attention to. As much as people will lecture you about how that's not the way to go about it, the darker truth that that sentiment hides is that if you'd gone about it the quote right way, they'd have squashed your voice and nothing would have happened. And then I ended that statement with this is definitely my eight wing talking. <laughs> Until I write in you next time. Thanks, diary. Right. Love, Joe. <laughs> XOXO. <laughs> so what did you dislike about this episode? It bothers me so much that Jerry just got pwned. Like, he had no option <laughs> but to fill the hummingbird feeders. <laughs> and, like, why would you have people write their own names? That just begs. Yeah. It, it just begs for tampering. Yep. I like fairness. <laughs> there's that um side rant it super bothers me when people stand in a projector beam mm. cough cough leslie <laughs> cough cough um leslie's continued overbearingness is a little overwhelming to me when they walk in the hospital she's like jerry jerry you okay and is jerry okay what's wrong with your arm and tell me what's wrong with jerry's arm jerry talk to me and get jerry to talk to me oh my <laughs> gosh Ugh, can't 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 i don't know if you noticed there was a look at about two minutes and 50 seconds in between jerry and ann and i had paused it for something and i sat there and i was like it looks like they had talked about what jerry was gonna say i didn't notice that but man this episode is just rife with conspiracy theories it really is it really is so i want to believe that Anne knew the truth and she was helping Jerry out. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, I highly dislike Leslie's bribery of of Carl with with the truth manipulation and all the crap crap. And then she wants to watch the tape again. <laughs> but yet this is somebody's home videotape. Because they framed it as a home video. Right. But then she's going to destroy the only copy. So what other home videos are on this tape? <laughs> right. Who's, whose childhood is getting deleted because of right. a low-level government scandal? And was it shot on that camera? Because that's a professional-level camera. Yeah. So Who knows? So many questions. That is all. I will not ask any more questions. <laughs> For now. Right. I was like, you better qualify that pretty quick. <laughs> In the next 30 seconds. <laughs> oh my goodness and now it's time for the coordination of the beautiful rule-breaking moth the segment in which we choose one specific thing that was the breakout star of the episode so joy who or what was your beautiful rule-breaking moth lord sheldon he made <laughs> this whole episode possible <laughs> totally kidding i I don't know. I have mixed feelings toward Lord Sheldon and I don't even know why. Um, <laughs> though he's like pretty irritating to me, I think Carl's a pretty outstanding citizen and employee in this episode. Um, 
from what we see, he seems to be doing his best and is trying to do the right thing, even though he has major hearing loss. So, <laughs> what about you? Mine is Mark. 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 Uh, just for this quote, I actually think you have a bigger problem than the money. There is someone in your department who is willing to lie about being mugged because he's afraid of his coworkers. Mm. This scene is a case study for my entire thesis about Mark, which makes me happy to no end that we have heard from people that my my Mark truthing, my being a Mark truther, has actually changed people's minds about how they perceive Mark in the first two series, in the first two seasons of uh, Parks and Recreation, because... This this case study is it. It's right here. He's wise. He speaks the truth when it's hard and he cares. Yep. Yep. And then Leslie just runs away right away. Like, <laughs> did you did you even hear? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Mark. I so sad. Now it's time for the shaming of the Jerry, which is basically this whole episode. <laughs> I was I was going to say, man, this feels like piling it on a little bit. Where but he's he's going to retire and he's got his cottage and his mystery novels. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Well, who are you naming as your Jerry? Literally everyone in this episode <laughs> who isn't Mark. <laughs> Does that mean you didn't like this episode? It was eh, this was a breakfast burrito. Wow. That's so abstract, and yet I understand. <laughs> wow. We're just connecting on a whole new level. I know. I know. <laughs> My Jerry is Tom, because he generates so many of the pokes at Jerry, and he's just yeah. kind of irritating to me in this episode. Yeah. Of all the people that go at Jerry, he's the one, I think, that most often toes the line of just meanness. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of poetic justice that Tom had to run alongside the cart the whole yes. time. So yeah, that was I'm nice okay with that part. Comeuppance, yeah. All right. Well, now it's time for the awarding of the Lil Sebastians, the ceremony in which we rate each episode against the entire catalog of Parks and Recreation episodes by awarding it between one and five Lil Sebastians. One obviously being the lowest, and five representing perfection, the most magical episodes of all time. So, Joy, what would you rate Park Safety? Three. Decently meh. Had a lot of fun doing research. It added to my random fact quota of small talk safety. And, yeah, I had way more fun researching it than Mm. watching it. How about you? Very fair assessment. I'm going with a three as well. It's a breakfast burrito. I feel like... Maybe that's our new category. Like if something is a down the down the middle, yeah. we both rated a three. Maybe we Ooh, create a new yeah. category and it's just a breakfast yeah. burrito. We have the Eagleton Hall of Shame, the Breakfast Burrito, and the Parks and Rewatch Hall of Fame. I dig that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely seems reasonable. And now it's time, Joy. No! That all the poor... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> that sounded like like <laughs> funk singer like ow <laughs> are we going I feel good no, are we going no, no, funk no. today <laughs> oh man <laughs> i don't know i don't know what's happening that was such a funny noise <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to feel
feel right now? I feel very confused. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! In the world! Where are you? Don't Hey! <laughs> that was great. What are we doing? Oh, oh my goodness. That was one of my all-time favorites Ooh. right there. Okay. okay. <laughs> so We're this fine. segment is four episodes where the character is not featured, in which we speculate where he might be and what he might be doing. Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I think that he was actually who Lord Sheldon was barking slash lunging at. Oh, do you think they have an, a, a history? Maybe. Yeah. This so so what do you think? What's John Ralphio up to in this episode? Well, since he's the raccoon king, um, <laughs> I think he was hiding in the trees, enjoying watching the park staff ride on the raccoon pee covered golf cart. <laughs> Joy. You are on fire. With I sat these here for a good five minutes and was like, <laughs> what makes sense? I need something that makes sense. You are just killing this segment lately. Just killing it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> okay, it's time Can't for Johnny stop. Karate's Karate Moves to Success, an inspirational segment where we apply the Karate Moves to Success in our own lives. You know, Joe, I learned something this week. <laughs> What'd you learn, Joy? There are places in the world where time zones aren't on the hour. They're on the half hour or 15 minute. I mm-hmm. had no clue. Mm-hmm. Like Australia's time zones are on the half hour. Some of New Zealand's are on the 15 minute. What? And China is on one time zone. Even though they're like, like the width of the U.S. I feel like our patrons who are watching the video version of this just got to watch my brain break in real time. <laughs> what do you want to karate chop, Joe? <laughs> so I had originally put in here to karate chop allergies. I think mm. I've already done that. It's not that they don't deserve a karate chop. I dislike allergies and it is my allergy season. Mm. Um, Yours specifically, no one else's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not my karate chop. Uh, oh, oh man. So. Um, we're, we're going to wade into mildly controversial waters here just for, for people who are like sticklers for going the absolute speed limit or below, Mm. which I typically do drive the speed limit, but there are those times when, especially on the interstate, you need to go a little faster. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, we're, we're starting out there. Whether you agree with me or not, we, we can agree to disagree. But there is an etiquette that I feel like is understood by most people mm. for interstate driving. Mm. And as somebody who drives the interstate for long stretches on essentially a weekly basis now, uh, I've, be, I've just become much more conscious of this etiquette and, and how the whole... The, you know, sort of the law of the jungle of interstate driving works. And it's it's not always a, a spoken or conscious thing, but you know when someone is breaking it. Mm, and me. I'm going to I'm going to explain this through uh, the lens of Top Gun. OK, um, so the people who break the implicit interstate driving laws, we will call them the Iceman's. 
they are they are selfish. They do not care about other people. They are the people who hog the left lane I, and I cause hate those people. And hate cause is a strong those, word. Yeah, the, the, they cause those giant moving clusters where cars are backed up and everyone's going like 10 under now because people are hogging the left lane. <sighs> and so in this situation, you are the maverick, okay? Because you're the maverick of, of your own movie, okay? So you, you're flying on the interstate. You got to get where you got to go. You're the maverick. What you need to do, because there are Icemans out there, we, we can't avoid it. There's always those people driving like that on the interstate. But what you need to do, if you need to make up a little time, and and here's the thing, you know, no one wants to get get pulled over, and yes, speeding is illegal. Uh, we we've covered that, but there are just times when most people will do it. You know, I'm not advocating recklessness, but sometimes you got to make up a little time. So if you are in that situation, what you need to do is find a goose. Mm. You need to find somebody else who is also needing to make up a little time and is going about the same speed as you. And then you can kind of wingman together. Sometimes your goose will be in front and they'll kind of lead the way for a while. And sometimes you move to the front. You know, it's like you're changing formations in mm-hmm. planes. Um, and and when you've got a good goose, you you just know it. You 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 have this implicit understanding with the other person and, and you're both getting where you need to go and you're doing your thing and you're avoiding the ice mans. And, and so I guess my karate chop is to ice mans specifically mm-hmm. people who just ride in the left lane forever and they clog up traffic. Uh, and it, it's also a kind of a high five to all the gooses out there who are great wingmans for people on the interstate and and I'll end it by saying if you happen to come across just a fantastic goose there have been some cases where my goose and I we will do like a solid hour together where you know other traffic comes and goes but like the two of you are there and and you're just doing your thing and you're getting where you need to go okay so when you have a good goose whether if you see them getting ready to exit or you're getting ready to exit you salute seems absolutely reasonable you you salute that person uh because you have both done a good job and you are top guns if you are driving on a major highway in the chicago area and you are going the speed limit you are a hazard to everybody else around you oh yeah so there are times where the safest thing to do is to follow the speed of traffic so for any of you who are coming to the chicagoland area i have explained this to many people you please just drive the speed of traffic. Yeah, it, it that is a very eloquent way of putting it. Um, and it, it's the same way in many places on I-80. Um, so, yeah, that that's what I'm describing here. And, and it's like, OK, you know, we're just trying to be safe. We're trying to get where we're going. So be a goose. Don't that's be all. an ice man. That's all. Just be a be a good wingman to the other traffic out there. Don't be an ice man. Never be ice man. Thank you for your life lesson. I've never seen that movie, but I understand the premise already. Oh, it's a good one. We're okay, fine. I'm going to karate fine. chop weird phobias. Like that one time you told me about sneezing. I now <laughs> think about that every time I sneeze. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, I'm sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> and the other one I can think of is, for some reason, somewhere along the line, I picked up this weird internal fear of making phone calls. But yet, 
once I get on the call, I'm fine. I'm great with phone calls. But like, I'm scared of it. I, I don't know. It's fine. I'm just confused. I would like to so, be less confused. How do you feel about random sinkholes? What? Like that disappear under cars and in streets and sometimes in people's houses. Don't give me more phobias, Joe. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean. It's just, I've seen like two articles about okay, them. Okay. All in right. The past week. All right. Okay, Joe, it's time to be nice to someone. <laughs> Who are you going to be nice to, Joe? <laughs> um, wow, so- Joy, that was a great segue. Huh. <laughs> Uh, I validate you, Joy. I'm sorry I was mean and I told you about random sinkholes. Thank you for your apology. I accept. <laughs> so my Be Nice this week is another music recommendation. My favorite punk band, Stand Atlantic, has a new album out. The album Look is it. called Pink Elephant. Uh, it is, I think that they are evolving their sound um, just very consistently the new record is very tight it's very creative if you like punk rock and specifically you like female-led bands stand atlantic is absolutely incredible bonnie their their vocalist is just uh she's one of the best in the business so yeah who are you going to be nice to this week i might have mentioned this before i'm not really sure there is this amazing baker out in the world his name is brian um on Insta, he's Artisan Brian. I believe his last name is Ford. Um, I just got his new sourdough book, and it is blowing my mind, and I'm so excited about everything. Wow. So his new book is called New World Sourdough. I ordered it in the middle of July, and it just got here two weeks ago because it is so freaking popular. Everybody wants it. Wow. So I would highly recommend, if you're into sourdough, Oh my gosh, these, not only are the recipes amazing, but the design of the book is so crisp, so clean. All of the aesthetic little people inside of me that usually get really <laughs> angry with bad design uh-huh. were just quiet the whole time. Oh, that that's always awesome. Yeah, so check out Artisan Brian on, on the Insta. Very cool. So I, I'm expecting to see some new sourdough creations based off of this. I've done two already. In the future. They yeah, were I, lovely. I will need you to torture me with some more pictures of those. Fine. <laughs> this I can do. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Um, man, Joy, this is crazy. I hadn't looked at uh, I hadn't looked at our stats for a while, but we're at like 22,000 downloads now, which is crazy. I know. And... We had a comment this week from a fan in Australia. We did. We We did. did. I saw that. Yeah. How cool is that? That made me so excited. I know. Me too. So I just wanted to give a shout out to all our fans in Australia this week. Because we actually have a a decent amount of downloads from Australia. And that is just so, so cool to me. Woo! Uh, yeah, so cool that there are fans of Parks and Recreation in Australia, and even cooler that there are fans of Parks and Rewatch in Australia. So we see you, people from Australia. Glad that you are enjoying the show, and thanks for thanks for reaching out. If you're in Victoria, you can survive stage four. I know you can. It'll be a little <laughs> bit, but it won't last forever, I hope, on your behalf. Yep. Hang in there. Hang in there. We see you. 
So if you would like to connect with us more, you can follow us on Instagram at Rewatch Parks. You can send us an email at rewatchparks at gmail.com. And if you would like more Parks and Rewatch content in your lives, you can also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Parks and Rewatch. You can pick one of our three support tiers. You can get access to all kinds of things. You can get the written show notes to each one of our episode, which Joy always puts an amazing, uh, she, she does a my goodness, words. Uh, Joy always puts a great amount of effort into curating really an amazing reading experience that uh, if you are only listening to the podcast, you're really missing out on. For today, for example, you get screenshots and you get links to articles about hummingbirds. Because that's legit. And it's all curated there for you. You don't have to do any of the legwork yourself because Joy's already done it for you. So you can get the written show notes to each one of our episodes. You can get the video versions of our podcast. You can get the uncut audio and video versions of our podcast. It's It's all over there. Yeah, it's all over there on our Patreon. So go check that out. And we would absolutely love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. If you are enjoying the show, that would be so meaningful to us. And if your review is creative enough, we'll read it out loud on the show. Yes. Joe, we have five more episodes in season two. That's crazy. I I am amazed at how fast this is going. Yeah. And you know what that means? Um, No. Ben and Chris are coming. Yes. That that is really but it also means we have to say goodbye to Mark. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Big well, sad. Well. Well not. with that, what do we say? Bye. Bye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went from this super solemn moment to suddenly we're screaming. <laughs> It's fine, emotional 2020, whiplash. It's fine. 2020, baby. That, uh, 2020 is emotionally whiplash is all. So, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like us, though. <laughs> Me too. Me too.